welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. Whew! What a time it is right now in the tennis world. I'll start with what's happening here at CR. We had so much fun hosting a level one junior event here in Indianapolis. 128 of the top 18 and under players in the country coming together to compete for the level one title. Of course, in the college tennis world, postseason play has officially begun. We saw our round of 64, round of 32 played out this past weekend. So much excellent tennis for us to break down. Of course, in the performance professional tennis world was another outstanding week. We had the 1,000 level event come to a conclusion. Uh, We had Alex Zverev, Arena Sabalenka earning 1,000 level titles. They continue to show that at the 1,000 level, they're as good as any player on tour. And of course, with all of that in mind, that's what, two three, four, five hours worth of podcast content right there, but there's also so much fantastic ATP Challenger action that happens week in, week out, and of course, we never, I should say, want to leave you listeners in the dark about all the action happening on the Challenger level, so of course, we are so excited to have another podcast for all of you listeners here on Monday, focusing on the ATP Challenger level. Damian Koos joined by his friend Jakob Bobro to break down the past week of action, preview the week ahead as well. They talk about Juan Pablo Varias, who continues to find success here in 2021. They talk Guido and Draze. They talk about some of the Dutch up-and-comers and so much more. It's a fantastic podcast that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, the reason we're able to do this day in, day out here on The Great Shot Podcast is because of the support we get from all of you listeners who keep tuning in week in, week out, day in, day out, because of the support we get from our Patreon family, who, with their support, allows us to take chances like host a level one junior event and of course this podcast is made possible because of the support we get from our friends at Turner Grip you guys know the deal it's the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat it's performance in hot and humid conditions unmatched and I have to say I'm playing a um, a professional excuse me I'm playing a league match my first league match here in Indianapolis tomorrow night do you know what I'm going to be using on my racket Turner Grip because that color that iconic trademark blue color can be seen on the rackets of hundreds of tours pros and if it's good enough for them it's good enough for you as well you can call or email turn a grip to get college pricing or free samples by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707 again sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707 with that in mind let's get to today's atp challenger centric podcast with host damian Kust and his friend Jakob babra Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger podcast. We, I'm actually joined once again by my friend Jakub. Uh, how are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, let's get into some tennis. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing quite fine too. Uh, maybe a bit hungover, but don't, don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, we're obviously doing it in a very professional way. Uh, okay, so maybe we should start from the l- listener question again. Obviously, once again, it's from, from Jan, our most active listener. Uh, we're very thankful for, for that, obviously. And he asks about Dutch tennis, which, you know, he, he's Dutch. So that, so that's a, that's a topic close to him. But we've also had a fantastic run from Talon Greek Sport this year, uh, this week. 
Uh, and the question is, uh, which one of Tim van Rietoven, Botic van de Zandschulp and Talon Kriegspor has the most potential, according to us? Sorry, sorry, Jan, if I botched any of these uh, pronunciations. I, I think I did okay, but 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 maybe maybe some of them are, are different. Uh, uh, so, what do you think? Well, I mean, you've obviously seen a lot more of these guys than I have so far. Uh, but I would have to say, especially after this week, uh, I have to say Talon Griegspor. I mean, he, he had a very good week. He is um, the youngest of them, and and, and he is the, the number one um, for Netherlands. So, so I would have to go with, with Talon Griegspor, yeah. I mean, I, before this week, maybe, I mean, before this week, I kind of had Talon Griegspor as like a guy who would maybe break that up 100 at some point. But didn't really have you know he I, I I thought he doesn't have enough weapons to 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 stay on the main tour. But this week kind of forced me to look back on on his performances at tour level this this year. It's been two second rounds, but because he had to go through the qualifying campaigns, there were actually some amazing wins. And honestly, I'm not so, not so sure what to think about it. I mean, uh, I I still don't think Griegspor will ever be a a top 20 player or, or something but i think he's i definitely underestimated his potential i think Botic might have a bit more simply because he has that very potent serve and weapons of you know from both wings but then again he's probably not gonna be able to do that much on the on, on at least at tour level on, on clay i mean he he's doing fine on clay in in challenger events, but I, I don't think he's. I think he's going to be outmatched by, by by some of these clay court grinders. So probably on on faster surfaces, I, I would have to take Pottage. Probably on, indoors, I'm not sure how they play on, on grass. Uh, Van Rietoven, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still I'm still a little bit torn. I mean, uh, we have to first we have to see if his form from this year is going to last because that's that's definitely not certain for now i mean it's pretty much since the beginning of this year that he's been showing that that he can do much much better than than his than his ranking would suggest right now so i would have to go for Greeksport probably right now too but before this week i would probably have answered otherwise i would probably have gone for for fun but there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff to to look forward to if you're a dutch tennis fan uh, you know it's not robin hasse and and no one anymore it's there are the, at least you know these these three guys are are definitely gonna stay there, at least on challenger level for for a long while now. They're also one of the most successful and deepest doubles nations at the moment. I mean, they, they have a bunch of doubles guys, including Hasse. But yeah, do we think maybe somebody like like Jesper de Jong, somebody maybe a bit younger, mm -hmm. has more potential than those guys? Because because I definitely think so. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance for for Jesper de Jong. Uh, as you said, uh, a lot of great doubles players like Wesley Kofov or, or, or Sander Arendt and, and and all the other guys. Uh, basically, if you're Dutch, there's a there's a, <laughs> there's really lots to lots to like about about your tennis right now. So we're kind of jealous, I guess. But at the same time, we also have <laughs> yeah. we also have some you know, like last week we debated uh, more. Was it two weeks ago? Molson and Klein from from Slovakia. We, obviously, Kasper Zhuk won his first first challenger event this year. So I guess we're all happy. 
<laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and I think we can we can go to Biela or Prague. This week we're we're all European. Next week we're gonna be all European. So mm. good time zone for us. But at the same time, watching tennis in the evenings is is pretty nice too. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? Uh, we we can start with Prague. That's the okay. the most recent final that that I watched. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, Tal Greeks for as, as we mentioned, took the title there, 5-7-6-4-6-4 over Oscar Ota. Um, it's actually my match of the week as well, because uh, it was it was very fun. It, it was the, the 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 level was quite high, but also just because of the pure drama that we had with Ota leading uh, a breakup in the in the second and the third set. And just not being able to hold on to it, uh, it, was, it was quite exciting. It was a, it was a lot of breaks, uh, a lot of a lot of drama, a lot of racket smashing. <laughs> so, yeah, Otta can quite, get quite, quite crazy. Yeah, yeah. If when he's when he's frustrated, uh, I actually had a pretty crazy experience viewing it because uh, I had a blackout at four two in the second. Was it something like that? No, there wasn't like a score like that. I don't remember. Some way, midway the, in the second set, I, I had mm -hmm. a blackout, and then my internet connection on the phone was also very unstable. I'm not, I'm not sure why. So I actually had to rewatch it after after uh, after it happened. And so the Otis struggles to to hold on to his advantage. I think at four two in the in the third he actually played a very decent game. I think Talon was just great, but at four four he just completely, you know went to sleep for a game i mean that there were like two two first shots after the serve that he missed like you know three meters out and then two drop shots from the very same position which i think also you know, the, the fact that he even went for these shots kind of mm. kind of showed that he wasn't right there mentally he has a i think he has a two six record in finals at challenger yes right now. yeah i i, I was written down it's two six now i guess it's kinda, yeah, i guess it's kind of fitting that he you know he had this kind of let down yes struggled sort of mentally to, to hold on to that and he, he was clearly very mad i mean uh he, he wasn't really mad at greeks for as i feel like he was more mad at himself when when he smashed the racket before right before the handshake at the end but, i mean it's still um, a yeah. great run for him uh, before this week, i think he uh, before this week he he failed to progress past the second round at any event this year uh, yes yeah he had a win in Portugal against uh, wildcard Pedro Araujo, I think, and some other one. But, but I mean, it was pretty much a terrible season for him. But I think I think his results from the past few seasons kind of showed that he can be very streaky, and that it's pretty much all a matter of confidence. Uh, is who else mm -hmm. would you like to pick out from the draw? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, Norbert Gombos wasn't here. I unfortunately didn't get to watch him this week. But he, he had a decent performance, I guess, making the semifinals, losing to the eventual champion, beat Kasper Juk in three sets, uh, beat Laksen in three sets. So quite quite interesting. And then also, um, I'll I'll go probably early here with, with my upset of the week, which was uh, Michal Verbensky beating Andre Martin in the second round, which uh, obviously Andre Martin not in the best of form right now. But to be honest, neither has Verbensky really. He's sort of been playing uh, second round quarterfinals at the 25k level, which is um, obviously not great. But um, I'm actually not sure. I, I think this is the same 
venue in Prague where, where he had his breakout run in 2020. Last year, yeah, when he yeah. reached the semis and lost to Wolves. Yeah, lost Wabrinka. to Wawrinka, yeah. Uh, and, and obviously reached the, the semis here once again. So quite impressive. Beat Ofner, who I thought was going to win this <laughs> tournament. <laughs> uh, beat Andre Martin, which actually, I mean, very impressive uh, after losing the set, second set 6-1 to, to come back from that and, and get it against such an experienced player. So, yeah, Vrbensky quite impressed me this week. Yeah, earlier in the year, I actually had a, a listener question about the checks, uh, whether I valued the potential of Vrbensky for Atek or Lehechka the most. Uh, I said that I, you know, Vbensky caught my eye the, the earliest of them, but I definitely said that Foretek and Lehechka uh, seem a lot more probable as, as future, I don't know, top 50 players or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm changing my mind after this week, but I'm, I'm glad to see Vrbensky doing something. As you said, he's had a, a few very weird losses at the ITF level. Uh, and it's again we can see how how Czech tennis continues to progress through a lot of these events. They just get so many chances to get a run. I mean, if you if you're a, there are so many countries who barely have which barely have challenger level events. Like for example, Austria, I think is gonna which is a big country tennis wise. I mean, you have Dominic Thiem mm-hmm. and all. Uh, it's gonna get a first event in ten years, I think, at challenger level. Oh Obviously wow! He has kids Beal at uh, you know, two level event, but. For example, last year, uh, there was supposed to be a first event in Norway since 20-something years in Bergen. I mean, I'm not sure if it's going to be held this year because the pandemic obviously screwed that, screwed that up. But there are some countries which barely have these and the Czech Republic gets a lot and and they're, they're just profiting of that. I mean, the, the, the guys like Rubensky, Lehechka getting, getting good rounds in, in challengers last year and Rubensky repeated that definitely. Uh, you mentioned Zhuk. Uh, it's the first first time he didn't reach uh, the quarterfinal at challenger mm-hmm. level this year. I mean, uh, definitely the, the match against Gombos showed that you know, maybe maybe he's not quite yet ready for this. I mean, uh, his return game was pretty bad. In the second set, Gombos gave him a lot of chances, but the, in the first, I think he won just three points on return, and it, it happens sometimes. Uh, the, the final he played against uh, Evgeny Turnev at St. Petersburg was the same. Uh, mm. He barely won any points on return, so I guess that's going to be an, an, an area of his game that he can improve. Uh, I also wanted to mention Cressy, who <laughs> for <Yeah>. some reason <laughs> is doing incredibly well on clay. Uh, I think when it was 2019 when he played in Maya, that indoor clay changer. And I remember before that he didn't even play like for like two years outside of North America. So right now he's definitely trying to play a lot more in Europe, trying to, to go globally and it's working. I mean... If he's gonna get quarterfinals at challenger events on clay, then that's definitely a fantastic result for a seven seven volley player. Uh, something else from the from the doubles draw too. Uh, Paul uh, yeah. Sakowski, yeah, they won yeah, they won the second event in a row. Rick. That was that was very good, and Stakowski is playing his farewell tour this year. So, so oh, is he actually as you know that? Yeah, he's announced that he's going to retire after this year. Maybe he'll mm. change his mind, I don't know. But he, he has a lot of other stuff going on right now. He opened a vineyard and he's re- releasing his uh, series of wine, I think. 
So, you know, he has, he has a lot of other stuff than tennis, but, but it's great that he's finding some success, even if not on uh, in singles, then, then two events in a row is, is definitely impressive. Uh, so I guess we could go to Biela right now, right? Uh, maybe we can touch on our, on our winner picks too. Uh, who did you pick for Prague? Yeah, as I mentioned, I, I picked off that, which uh, didn't come off whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, so we're still without a point uh, for Prague. I think I picked Kamil Majkszak. I should have, I shouldn't have went for a, for a Polish pick, as it turns out. <laughs> Majkszak lost in the in the first round to Ferreira Silva. His confidence doesn't seem to be great right now, but he qualified for Rome. Uh, I can't remember who he's playing. You know, I remember it's a it's a tough draw. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We're obviously not talking about the the main tour here, but I, I guess we, I guess I can say ah Shapovalov, yes. So uh, so hope, hoping for some better days for him. Uh, so we're still without a point because we also uh, couldn't cover the rest of the uh, Salinas final last week, right? Because we, yes, we recorded yeah. before the before it happened, and Jari lost to Gomez uh, in in a tight third setter. So we're still without a point on the board. That's yay. Okay, so what about Biela then? Uh, yes, so, so Biela, obviously, Juan Pablo uh, Varias won that one. 6-3-6-1 in the final, which I unfortunately couldn't watch it. Uh, so I wanted to ask whether you felt that the one-sidedness of the final was mostly due to Varias playing so well, or did Andrelci just not really show up? Uh, I also barely watched it, honestly. I, I caught some on replay because I, I, actually, I was actually playing at a, a tennis tournament on, on Saturday. So I was, I was pretty busy with losing uh, all of my matches. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, um, I think it was mostly very, uh, Andreozzi's poor performance on serve. He only won 38% on first serve. That was 19 out of 50, I think. So, you know that that's just not gonna cut it. I mean, even on clay, you, you where you obviously win a lot more points on return than on other surfaces, that's just not gonna cut it against a player of of the class of Varias. And I think that was a, a, a hugely impressive run from from Varias. He had that three hour and thirty minutes battle against Kuzmanov, where he actually won the first set six one. And, and after that, I was just thinking, okay, that's gonna be very easy. I was pretty surprised that Kuzmanov is gonna lose. I mean, we, we all the air. I mean, he's he's been doing amazing, and uh, when I saw six, you know, the the how easily Varias was just moving him around the court and and just hitting these winners, I was extremely, so su extremely surprised by that. But then he made it a three hour and thirty minutes battle, which is something that he definitely excels at. But Varias won that one, and just as just as the, the final is there under Otzi. I mean he, he hasn't been doing well in in quite a while right no no no, no he definitely hasn't I mean as we mentioned uh, he's barely won a match in the past two years basically since he missed all of 2020 but yeah quite a, quite an impressive run came out of qualifying beat Copians beat Barrios Vera beat um, Clark and Colarini to to make it to the final. Well, obviously he didn't show much, but it's it, it helps him a lot and it helps him ranking wise as well. So that's it's quite good for him. Yeah, I I think I picked him as a winner in Rome like two weeks ago, right? So I yeah, just wrong week. Yeah, yeah, just wrong week. Uh, but but at least I was right that he was playing way better than his than his results would suggest, right? Mm. Uh, 
And is there anyone else who would you want to pick out from? We today? we had uh, Hamal Medjedevic, who, who we mentioned, actually won Indeed. his first round against Bemelmans and then pushed uh, Menetes to six four in the in in the third, in the second round. So that that was quite impressive from him. Um, who else would I want to mention here? No, nobody else really. I don't <laughs> yeah, I also. You know, I have some notes written out and, and I also have like 10 names when it comes to Prague. And when it comes to Biel, I just have Varias, Andrelci <laughs> and Medjedovic. So you, you covered Medjedovic for me. Uh, your winner pick was McDonald, right? So. McDonald, yeah. Who actually, I, I I was nervous about the first round, which he actually ended up winning over Serundolo. But uh, went out in the second round to Leonard Domaya, so <laughs> didn't make it far either. Yeah, I picked Kokinakis, who didn't even play, so <laughs> I can't blame myself for that. But I mean, uh, I was yeah. disapp- I was definitely disappointed because I'm, I'm still hoping that Tanasi can have a, a good run in these challengers at some point. I think you already mentioned your match and upset of the week, right? Yes, yeah. My, my, just just to re- repeat that, my match of the week was Greeks for Ota, and then upset of the week was Verbensky over Martin. Yeah, with upset of the week, I actually had a big issue. Like, I I don't think there were any mm, stunning yeah. upsets, like something that would genuinely surprise me to the level that some of these that we covered last week did, or 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 the week before. So I, with upset, I went for Menezes Pedro Souza. Because, I mean, Souza's form is absolutely terrible. I think he's 4-10 for the year right now. But I just didn't <laughs> I just didn't expect it. But as I say, I, th- there wasn't really one that would totally surprise me and just, just leave me baffled. But I, I really hoped for that Medjedovic-Souza match. I guess I guess it didn't happen. I think Medjedovic had some phys- physical issues too in that in that Menezes match, but it's still hugely impressive at this at this stage of his career that he's able to st- you know, stick around with these guys like Menezes who are mm. just consistent challenger level competitors. And for much of the week, I also talked about my my, my pick because uh, it was Varias Kuzmanov. The the drama there was amazing. Maybe the tie break, the the one at the end was a little bit underwhelming. Because it was a seven oh for 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 Farias, but just you know there's that's why we love clay courts. Like I'm I'm definitely more of a faster surfaces guy when it comes to watching. I definitely enjoy mm-hmm. things like grass or indoors more. But I, I love all tennis and clay courts that, that that's what you gotta watch the, these battles three hour and thirty three hours and thirty minutes. That that that's what we enjoy and and Varias and Kuzmanov definitely delivered. I think it was 329 or actually, but you know, it's the same. Uh, so I guess we should go to the to next week, right? Helbron and Zagreb we've got. Uh, yes, uh, let's start with, with Helbron. Um, we, we have a very, very fun first round right on the top of the draw. We have the top CD of Giveseli up against um, Prague finalist. Oscar Ota, which I mean, t- tough first round for Vesely. <laughs> kind of feel for him, sort of. Uh, so kind of, so it kind of like comes down to the challenge level. I don't think he's. I'm not sure if he's played challengers yet this year. I don't um, remember. I don't, I don't think so. But yeah, it, it's also kind of funny because the actual winner, uh, Talon Creeks, were placed the second seed. Uh, Hanfman. So <laughs> tough, tough, uh, tough draws for a Prague final. Uh, contenders. Vasari has only played uh, Challenger events this year, yeah. 
exactly actually hasn't played the challenger since pro stay off so september last year mm. yeah yeah um looking at this draw that there's uh philip kohlschreiber who i don't think we've seen on challenges either we've seen the... yeah he, he played in belgrade he lost to oh yes yeah yeah he, he, he was really he there lost to jesus he defeated Cressy and then lost to Zumhur, I think, was it? Yeah, he lost to Zumhur, I think. Um, I mean, he's not doing too well. Yeah. His ranking drops majorly. He's out of the yeah. top 100 right now after like 15 years of staying there. Definitely one of the guys who's really underrated in, in terms of consistency. I mean, the, he's never been a world beater, but he, he's he been there. up. Basically, if he had... a some better performances against the big four, against top 10 guys, he would probably be much more recognized for his, for his tennis. And sadly, he's probably never going to be. I actually managed to see him live once in at Szczecin Challenger, and he mm. lost. He won the first set 6-law uh, against Ricardo Bonadio, and then I went to watch an, another match, and then it turned out that he lost. <laughs> so I, oh, no. I, I only saw the good one, the, 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 no, the, the good games that he played. Yeah. So, so I have a very good, uh, I have a good, very you know, opinion about about his tennis after that. But but I, but I didn't see the, the, the sets he lost at all. Uh, I went to a different match because I thought, okay, he won the first set, six six love. I mean, he's he's just gonna destroy the guy, and well, he didn't. Uh, as you said, the both Prague finalists getting the top seeds, you know, just shows how how brutal the the draws can be in Challenger. Yeah. Uh, in Challengers, uh, but uh, actually both events we have this we have this week are extremely stacked, and Helbron definitely is too. We've got two two top one hundred players. I think we've got two in Zagreb as well. But anyhow, who is your pick for the for the winner? So for my winner, I have gone for uh, Taro Daniel okay. of Japan, sort of um, not really out of the box. But yeah, I mean, th th there's a lot of interesting contenders sort of throughout the draw. There's, you know, Na Nakashima is playing here. Um, Denis Novak obviously lost first round last time. Um, yeah, but, but still I mean, Olivo, could, could so, do something here. So, you know, it doesn't have to mean much. Yeah. Um, Taberner is in here as well, who, who could mix it up. But yeah, I've gone for Daniel defeating uh, Galan in the, in the final. Yeah, we also, uh, at the time we we're recording, there's some qualities matches going on uh, the final yes. round. It uh, looks like Zizou Berks is about to finally make it to a, to a main draw on Challenger. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious how that's going to pan out. He lost uh, twice in Rome, I think. In qualities, so actually very played very, a very good match yesterday, but I didn't go for for a qualities peak. I went for Yannick Hanfman. Uh, honestly, it was a matter. It was a bit random. I mean, you've got so many great players in this draw, and you know you just know each and every one of them. Well, obviously not every one of them, but like twenty players can do it. And yeah, Hanfman just impressed me a lot last year in Hamburg in Kitzbühel. Uh, and then we can go to be what is it Zagreb or, or... yeah just, just real quick uh, with with Helbrin, I wanted to mention yep. kind of a fun weird thing is that Dustin Brown is playing the doubles there but he's not playing singles or singles qualifying okay. so that's kind of unusual they also have a, a buy in the first round for the top seed so I don't know if they just struggle to 
get enough doubles pairings or what definitely <laughs> but... yeah i mean it happens it happens quite a bit uh i remember some some, some doubles draws where the players already went to semis or, or quarters without playing even a single match but i Kureshi is playing too i'm i'm not sure mm-hmm. uh, i'm just looking if he played recently uh a country call uh, that that's singles not doubles but doubles he did he did play about two level no he, he he actually withdrew in munich that's an interesting player i'm definitely gonna watch some doubles this week then yeah also uh, an interesting doubles pairing of mark Polmans, who obviously won back to back um with Stachowski now playing with artem sitak so i feel like that's that's one to watch out for uh and see the doubles pairing and they're playing Begemon Brown, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots. Should be, should yeah. be a fun one to watch. That's a good doubles draw, by the way. I mean, if you're looking for a week to to get into that challenge doubles more, then that's definitely one. I mean, mm-hmm. wow, I I didn't even know uh, <laughs> that's gonna be so good. Uh, <laughs> do we have any matches from that today? No, I think they're starting later in the week, right? Okay, that's that's great then. Uh, and in Zagreb, we've got a, a great draw as well. Federico Coria and Pedro Martinez, so top 100 players. We've got Benjamin Bonzi, uh, who recently won in somewhere that, where I can't remember. It was, what, Ostrava or Ostrava, I think, right? I think it was Ostrava, yeah. Yeah, I always mix up uh, the names of the tournaments, <laughs> as I say. Uh, Andre Martin, Pedro Souza, who haven't been doing too well. Thiago Seibov-Wild, who absolutely hasn't been doing well no nope. <laughs> but it's a great draw as well right yeah very very good one i felt like the top half was a bit more stacked mm-hmm. than, than the bottom half top half we have uh the potential of having uh serundo against korea in the second round which i feel like would be oh. quite interesting uh there's also blajrola there's also juan pablo varias pedro souza so and as you said bonzi so that, that first half to me is, is, is quite stacked. The bottom half, um, th- 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 there's there's some very good players there, but as you said, you know, Martin, Seboschwild, out even Jumhur, they're, they're all kind of struggling right now. Uh, so it's going to be interesting who actually comes out of that. There's, you know, Kasper Juk is in there, so could be him, could be could be his week. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to talk about a very, very weird, weird uh, wild card that I noticed. To, to Anton Vidak, yeah. who's 27 years old. He's never been inside the top 1,250. He, he he was like the number 560 or whatever in doubles at one point in like 2016, I think. But yeah, it's his first main draw challenger match. Um, and he has a wild card for some reason, which I mean, the, the quality of wild cards, I feel like all of them, especially guys like Idukovic, would have been more deserving of this chance. But yeah, he gets to play Blajerola, so I don't really, I don't really know how how he got into that. I wasn't able to share to find who's like the tournament director or something. So, yeah, not gonna lie, I also have never heard of the guy. Looks like he's played almost all of his matches on clay. Like he played like 350 ITF matches and played like 335 on clay. Just kind of interesting. I mean, you never really see that that sort of breakdown. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I've never heard of him anyway. He lost one match this year at futures level six zero six two to Luis Tessa from France, whom I also have never really 
seem so I've, we have no idea how he's gonna do last year he also played just one match probably just a friend of someone you know a relative yeah. of the of the tournament well, director most likely yeah that, that, I that's, see that's the odds right. are astronomical for for his win <laughs> i so, can imagine yeah yeah <laughs> that's kind of interesting i mean uh, that's also a, a thing i like about the challenger tour at you know at, at tour level it's kind of always the same players you rarely see someone you you've never seen before mostly it's, it's just the, the the guys you already watched at least 10 times and here you just can run into someone like anton vidak and <laughs> <laughs> analyze his game although i'm not expecting there to be much to analyze <laughs> like i checked his itf profile a, a second ago but when i when i went to flash score he has one match in the in last nine years there i mean they, they obviously don't don't have uh, every professional result but it kind of shows how how he hasn't been playing that much he played an exhibition against Mat matia pekotic so a pretty solid player and won four games uh, yeah, probably not much, not much there then. Yeah, we, we also now have three of the four qualifiers right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we we have we have Ramanathan, uh, Sebastian Baez, and Barrios Vera, uh, uh, Barrios Vera, who we know they have qualified, and then one of Gulbis or Tatsumaito will also be the qualifier. So I feel like the qualifiers, them all being in the bottom half, can definitely mix it up. Uh, since they're sort of interesting guys, especially guys like Baez. So, I, I, I feel like we, we could we could see something interesting there. Yeah, I mean, I actually went for a qualifier with my with my pick for the winner, <laughs> and I did go for him two weeks ago or something, and I went for Sebastian Baez. I mean, looks like the the physical issues that he had in I can't remember the name of the tournament, but he lost to Alex Molten because of that, and he defeated Martin Krumik before Ostrava, I think it was. Too. Pretty sure Ostrava, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it looks like the physical issues are gone and I'm still hoping he can do something in Europe. Obviously, he's done well in Europe before on the junior circuit, just not, not in pro tennis yet. But I think it's just a matter of time with the level he showed in, in February and in March uh, in South America. I think it's bound to happen at some point. So I went for bias. Obviously, I have a, that little bit of an advantage of knowing that he already qualified. And he <laughs> qualified with two very straightforward wins against Emilio Gomez, so the Salinas champion from two weeks ago. And uh, was it Duya Idukovic? Yeah. Idukovic definitely should have received the wildcard, by the way. And uh, yeah. Shame on the on the tournament director in Zagreb that he was willing to give it to a relative rather than a very talented Croatian player. So, mm. who did you go for? Uh, I decided to go for Andre Martin. I was, you know, mm -hmm. decided to go for a home player. Uh, I, I felt like picking somebody out of the top half was just way too risky. There's just too many, too too much talent, really, too many good players. So I won't be surprised if a top half player wins this. But I couldn't settle on one, so I decided to go for somebody from the bottom half. And I feel like Andre Martin, if he can catch a bit of form there in his first couple of matches against uh, Jason Young and uh, Popcorn qualifier, then hopefully he can get on his way, get into his, get into some form, and and win. Hopefully it. it's not bias. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, actually, yeah. all four qualifiers and the bottom half of the draw zone mm -hmm. too. So. Uh, so something a little interesting from the doubles draw here uh, is that Sebastian Baez and Thiago Sibos Rilt are playing together. Uh, first time they're playing uh, together in the pros. They did used to play together as juniors, though, 
in in various you know grade a grade one tournaments uh so yeah first time playing together as uh you know adults on the actual real tour so that's that's quite fun for them uh yeah no so far uh, we're definitely gonna be looking at Janzelinski whom you mentioned mm. as one of the college players <laughs> that can that can do well one of the very few doubles specialists when you're 23 uh, you yeah <laughs> you barely get that but it's working out for him so can't can't blame that approach uh, that's definitely something that the the ATP or just any tennis federation would like to see more the see see doubles more as a as a, not 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 just as an another option but just just you know just a, also a way to lead your career Okay, so yeah. I guess that's what we're going to finish at. We also had the June calendar announced. Uh, we talked about that earlier in the week that <laughs> yeah. uh, the first two weeks of June are going to be five events each. So you know, be prepared for some very lengthy podcasts and we yes. should be prepared for some very lengthy weeks because watching at least, you know, we're obviously not going to be able to catch pretty much any person All of like the matches, yeah. what are we going to be able to watch like <laughs> i don't know like five matches per, per per each event i don't know i mean we're gonna see but yeah. it depends how much time we're gonna have you know these weeks specifically but just sunday watching five finals is gonna be up <laughs> it's going to be quite wild yeah i mean it's great we're not gonna I'm, I'm excited I, I can't wait yeah yeah especially as you as you said before it's it's gonna be the first week i think it's gonna be all three surfaces grass clay and hard yeah uh, grass challenges i'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it. pretty sure the, like the, both weeks it's going to be because there's two nottingham tournaments on grass so i think but i don't think there's a hard event in the second week i think it's orlando uh the first week and then june 14th uh, there's just clay and nottingham uh, yeah oh, okay. that's that's that, that's true uh but anyway, <laughs> yeah we're definitely excited for that uh we haven't really had a, a challenger grass event since the summer of 2019 just like there wasn't a, a tour level event on grass last year so yeah i'm really mean, hungry no, for no, no promises but i mean if if if, if, if we're going to still be on this uh little island then i will definitely try to uh see if i can at least go for a day or something to nottingham uh for the for one of the challengers oh, um, is, it, is it close to glasgow or I uh, no well, I mean, it's, it's not this. it's not super close. I don't actually know exactly where it is either, but I know that it's here somewhere. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there, there's probably yeah, a train that goes somewhere. I, I, I haven't super, looked into the yeah, it's not that far. Details, it's in the north, but, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, if, east, if, if, I, if I, of of the UK, it says I don't know. What yeah, if I, if I somehow get get a chance to go and it works out with with work and everything else, then then I'll definitely give it a go. Cool yeah uh okay so i guess that's we're gonna finish at uh thanks again for listening uh thanks for sending a question thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for being there for us to uh, for us to talk to you and we're gonna see you next week with helbron and zagreb Hope all of you enjoyed today's ATP Challenger-centric podcast with Damian Kust and Niaka Bobro. A huge thank you to them, as always, for taking the time to follow the Challenger Tour so closely again. 
all of these players, I think it's everyone but Milos Raonic in the top 100, they have an ATP Challenger title. They started on the Challenger Tour. That's where the future greats ascend from. So be sure if you're not already, it's always free. It's always available. Livestream.com slash ATP. Uh, we support the Challenger Tour thoroughly here at Crack Rackets. We believe all of you should as well. And of course, you listen to this podcast, so you probably already do. To that, I would add, as things begin to open up and you know go get vaccinated so you can do this as soon as possible, go attend a Challenger event because there's likely to be one closer to you than you think. If not that, attend some college tennis. If Obviously, it's a little late this season, but next season, there's a lot of great tennis that can be found in your local area, uh, Challenger level, Futures level stuff being the sort of tennis we love here at Cracked Rackets. That's why we try to talk about it so much. And speaking of that college tennis I just brought up, obviously, we are amped for the 2021 postseason. I myself believe I'm going to be heading down to Orlando on Friday, and of course, uh, I am going to be on the broadcast for a couple of the round of 16 matches. I don't know why I say of course. I don't think I've announced that yet. Save that for a great chat pot I'm going to do with Matt and Chris later tonight, but um, yeah, a lot of fun college tennis content coming down the pipeline. We're going to try to talk with as many of these round of 16 coaches as possible. You can find all those conversations on the Cracked Interviews podcast. We're going to have Colette Lou Chris Halioris, Matt Stokowiak on this week as well to preview all of the round of 16 and rest of the postseason action. So be on the lookout for that. And then day in, day out, I owe you guys a big recap podcast on all of the action that happened at the 1000 level events in ATP at the ATP and WTA level. To be honest, I I think it was in Madrid and that this week's in Rome, but that's how off I am right now in terms of the schedule. And so didn't we already play Rome? I don't remember exactly the point being. I've got some catching up to do myself. And certainly, even if I don't know where the event was played, I certainly know the tennis that unfolded. And so I'll be on the lookout for those, of course, on the mini break podcast. And we'll break down all of this week's 1000 level action as well. And of course, where can you find all of that content? You know the deal. On our website, CrackedRackets.com. You need the more immediate updates. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, who have a of an editing job to do and who we are going to be keeping busy here at Crack Rackets over the next few weeks. So be on the lookout again for all of that content. And of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this podcast, the Cracked Interviews podcast, Mini Break podcast, and all of our shows here at CR. A shout out as well to our friends at Turn of Tennis, who you can contact by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. With that in mind, for our fantastic hosts, Jakob Babro and Damian Kust, for our super producer. Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Turn of Tennis, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say? Hey, great shot, and we will see you all tomorrow. Take care, everyone.